the book of Second uh, Corinthians, and our base scripture is going to be in chapter number 12, chapter number 12, but we're going to move some places before that. Um, we want to say that we are thankful and grateful for your presence. We thank and thankful and grateful for the spirit of the Lord. Now, the message today that, that God has given us is probably going to be the second most controversial message that I have spoken or shared or God has given me to deliver because we've got to break some old mindsets and go deep down in, into the word that God has given. So and maybe that's why the Lord brought the music the way he did. Amen. Because he wants us to sell in our spirit to be able to receive the word of God. Now, the title a few weeks ago that God gave me was... Um, uh, it, he's talking about standing in the midst of adversity, to stand in the midst of adversity, adversity, standing, standing. A lot of times when we have adversity, we really don't stand. Amen. We, 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 we do a lot of wobbling, you know, but we need to stand in while we're in the midst of adversity. Father, I thank you now for your word. Bless it in the name of Jesus. Be glorified. And we just ask God to hold me up to deliver what you have given unto me. So we got to learn how to stand in the midst of adversity. Now, Adversity is, is, uh, is a series of events which opposes our success and our desires. Uh, adversities are misfortunes. Adversities are calamities. There are afflictions. Uh, they are distresses. Uh, they are hardships. They are financial difficulty. Uh, adversity is also sickness. Adversity is suffering, and we can either suffer suffer internally or externally, but everybody has adversities. Now, one thing we have to come to understanding, my adversity may not be what you're going through or what your adversities are, but it does not diminish the adversities that each individual is going through. Because I'm going through one thing because it's not what you're going through. It does not mean we're not all hurting. Amen. Because sometimes it comes to a point where people think, well, what they're going through is a whole lot worse than what someone else is going through. Well, that's not the case because you know, do not know what God has for each individual. And the next thing, what God, what is going to take for each individual for God to get them to the place where they need to be. So we all go through adversities. So never think that what you're going through is any less than what someone else is going through. Amen. Adversity, pain, hardship, afflictions, calamity, all of it is the same. It, when it comes, it hurts. When you're in a financial difficulty, does it not hurt? Amen. It is because mine may not be that at that point, but if you live long enough, you will get there. Amen. And if you make some bad decisions, you're still going to get there. Amen. But we all have adversities. But the thing is, God says this, when we're going through the midst of our adversities, let's go to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter number 24. Uh, Proverbs chapter number 24. I want to kind of stay close to my word today. Amen. Proverbs chapter number 24, looking at verse number 10. Now, there's a reason of, uh, uh, for adversities. One thing, adversities will show us where our faith level is. It's, it's measure, it will measure our faith when we are going through adversities. Also, adversities is just like being in a classroom. 
being in the classroom. Now, let's see what uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 10 says. It says, if thou faint in the day of adversity, what does the word say? Thy strength is small. <laughs> Amen. It says, if we faint during the time that we're going through adversity, God says our strength is small. So in other words, when we're going through adversity, it's just like a measuring tool. And it, it will allow us to know and see where our faith level is. Amen. See, when you're going through and, and, and if you're going to faint, if you're going to falter during times of adversity, God says, one thing you need to know, you need to check out your strength. And, and the Bible says, of the joy of the Lord is your strength. So you need to check out your joy if you're fainting during the time of adversity. Amen. Because God says now, during the time of adversity, if we faint, how many people want to give up when they're going through? Can we, can we be real in the house? Amen. Or are we those that want got the face on and, and the pretenders? Amen. Because a lot of times we got some pretenders. Amen. You know, we know we're going through. We know we have fainted during a time of adversity. But when, we, when God asks us the question, we don't want anybody to know what we've gone through. And we want everybody to think we got it all together. Well, I'm here to bust your bubble because you do not have it all together. Amen. Because sooner or later, God will let you know and other folk that has a spirit of God, they will know that you're going through some things and it's going to show up. Amen. But God says now during that time of adversity, he says, if we faint, that's God's word. He says our strength is small. So adversity is a measuring stick. Adversity is also a classroom. I will never forget uh, um, a couple years ago, I went through a fast and I fasted for 32 days. I did not eat anything. I did not drink anything. On that last couple of days, I, I think I took water and put it on my lip. But the, the fact remains is during that time of fasting, every seventh day, I was in a classroom setting. I was in a classroom setting. And when we're in a classroom setting, one of the things that we need to know is God is always giving instructions. Just like right now, God is giving some instructions. Well, every seventh day, as he gave me the instructions in, during the time of my fasting, when I got ready for the test, you know what happened? I, I failed the test. Amen. So my strength was small. So the next uh, seven days, which was the 14th day, God gives me another scene in my dream about a classroom setting. What happened? I failed the test. See, a lot of times we can be in the classroom but still not get in the learning. Amen. The teacher, thank you, Holy Spirit, the teacher can be, can be teaching, but the student can be absent. Amen. It's just like now, even though the students are here, we're present, and those that are listening, you know, we're present in, in, in the physical, but in the, in the spirit realm to hear what God is saying, sometimes we'll be absent when the, when the teacher is teaching. Right now, God is saying to us, listen, it, uh, 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 that adversity is a measuring tool. And if you faint, 
That means somebody's going to be tested. Amen. Uh, some of us is going, all of us, uh, some of us will be tested. Amen. So when we fail to test, like I did in my dream when I went through that fasting, when we fail to test, God is revealing to us where our faith level is. It is a measuring tool. But we've got to learn how to stand in the midst of, of adversity. Now, on that 21st day, I, I, once again, I was in a classroom setting, and once again, the instructor was present, amen. He, the instructor was teaching, amen. But what happened? Brenda, being the student, must have been absent, not in the physical, but in the spiritual, because what did I do? I failed the test again. Well, when it come along to, to the last part of my dream, all of a sudden, I'm in the classroom, but this time I did not fail the test. But I didn't get an A. <laughs> I didn't get a B either, Brother Norris. I didn't even get a C. Amen. But I got a D minus. I was real upset because I got a D minus. And I heard a voice say to me, you just thank God that you passed. And so from, from the point of passing, the next part of my, my dream was I saw a wedding. It, it was a wedding feast, and I saw people going up a hill, and they was going to this wedding, and I only recognized one person that was going up the hill, going to the wedding, and he's, you know, he's a good friend. But his name is Minister Briggs. I saw him, but I didn't see anybody else. But there were a lot of people that was going up the hill. They was going to this wedding, and I remember that I was the bride, and we were supposed to be married at 4 o'clock that afternoon. I was supposed to be married. I was going to have my, my groom at 4 o'clock. Well, the lady takes me in in the room, and I see the most beautiful dress I've ever seen in my life. It wasn't a white. It wasn't, it wasn't an off-color white. It was just total lace. It was the most gorgeous thing I had ever seen. But then when it came down, she says to me, she said, are you ready to put the veil on? And at that point, I knew that if I had placed that veil on my head, what would have happened was I would have gone on to be with God in glory. Amen. So I said to them, I said, no, I'm not ready. Amen. Because I felt like I wasn't quite ready because I hadn't received all the instructions. Because I had failed so many times and I barely made it. But what God is doing, he is preparing us for the time of eternity. So we've got to go through all of these things when it comes down to adversity. It's a measuring stick. Do not get upset. It will let, let us know where our faith level is. Amen. So now let's go back. Let's go back to the book of 2 Corinthians uh, chapter number 12. We're going back now to 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. Amen. This is one of the most controversial scriptures that um, I have uh, studied, uh, listened to people, and everything else. But dealing with this thorn in the flesh, amen, God revealed some things to me, amen. Now, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 1. Verse number 1. Talking about Paul. The word Paul means to be restrained by the word of God. See, the word will restrain us. When we want to act up, if we got the word of God on the inside of us, the word will restrain us. But because God has given us a free will, we can go over that. Amen. And a lot of times, most of us do. Amen. <laughs> you know, we ain't always been there. Amen. We might as well be truthful about the matter. Amen. Because sometimes we go over what God is saying. When God tells us don't, we do. 
When God tells us to do, we don't. Amen. So that, that the word of God is a restrainer, and we got to understand that. Now, verse uh, number one says, and it's Paul is talking. He says, it is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Verse 2 says, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth such as one caught up in the third heavens. Verse 3 says, And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. Verse 4 says, how that he was caught up into paradise, and he heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to alter. Now, what we have to understand here, uh, uh, Paul has had, has had an, a supernatural experience. He is caught up in what to say in paradise, caught up in the third heavens. Uh, paradise is a place uh, of, the, of future happiness. It's also a blissful place. So he says he was caught up. He was caught up there in paradise, and he said he heard words that that was not lawful for him to speak. Now, sometimes God can take you to a place, Amen. And some of the things He revealed to you, you can't tell everybody. Amen. Because some people will think you're crazy. Amen. So you've got to know who you can talk to and who you can't. Amen. Because if you begin to share some things that God has shown you, then some people don't want to be around you. Amen. Because then you become a cuckoo. You know what I'm saying? So, so we got to understand that, that God can and God will. He will bring us to a place and he will give us this revelation. He gives Paul this revelation and it was so powerful he could not even share it. Amen. He, but he, what he did share was the fact that where he was called up to. He, he went to a higher realm. See, in order to get the revelations of God, we got to go up higher. Amen. We can't stay down here with the buzzards. Can I say this? We got to fly with the eagles. Amen. If you want the revelation of God, you got to be willing to go up higher. Amen. And then you got to be willing to go through some things. Amen. You got to receive those adversities that God has bringing to bring us to that place so we can get them. So Paul says, he said, now, I can't, I can't even release what God has shown me. I cannot speak it. But Paul was not stupid because, see, he had an experience. I mean, such an experience that God allowed him to write the uh, 13 epistles. He, he began to write. He began to write on things that he didn't have no clue about. He began to tell uh, 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 single people and, and married people how they were supposed to respond being single and how, and, and how they were supposed to be respond being married. But the man was never married. Amen. He began to tell people about sexual things. It's better to marry than to burn. Amen. But Paul was never married, so how did he know that? It must have came from the revelations. Amen. So he began to write some unusual things. But I tell you, it is a wonderful thing when we can take what God has written through someone else's life and their experience and see God in it. Now, verse number 5 says, now, Paul wasn't stupid. He knew what he had received. He knew the power. He knew the revelation of everything that God had given to him. Now, verse 5 in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12 says this, Of such as one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmity. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a what? A fool. 
For he says, for I will say, I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. So, so what Paul is saying here, even though I have went to that place that no man has ever gone before, amen, to receive those types of revelations, because when Paul was called to preach, the Bible says, Paul writes, he said he didn't confer with anybody. He did not talk to man about his calling. He didn't ask them any questions. He said, I got my revelations from the Lord, amen. So you have to make sure whoever going to give you a revelation, make sure they got it from the Lord, amen. Paul said, I was taught by God. I was taken out into the desert. And the Lord begins to speak to me. He said, I didn't confer with anybody. So because when he came back down, God had given him some things that was contrary or controversial to what people were doing, especially the church age. So God has to get us away in order to reveal what he wants us to know. But Paul understood this. He said, I can't glory in this. See, sometimes God can take you high. Sometimes God will use you mightily. But have enough sense to know that you cannot glory in those things. Amen. You give all glory to God. You give all honor to God. Because sometimes we will get lifted up in pride, right? When, when God really blesses you and uses you, all of a sudden we want to walk around like we're better than everybody else. We forgot where we came from. Amen. We forgot our mess. Amen. We forgot all that stuff we've done. Amen. We've, we've forgotten how the things that we've said, the things that we have spoken. But God says now, he says to Paul, because you got this wisdom, because you got this knowledge, because you got this, uh, uh, this revelation, make sure you do not glory in yourself. Make sure you give God the glory. Amen. I don't care how God uses you. Make sure you give God the glory. Amen. Because if you don't give God the glory, God got something for you. God got something for you. Amen. God has something for you. Now, watch verse number seven. Verse number seven in, in second, um, yeah, second uh, uh, Corinthians, verse number seven in chapter number 12. It says this. Paul is talking now. He's been restrained by the word of God. He says, unless I should be exalted above measure. In other words, unless you get high-minded. Unless I should be exalted above measure. Watch this. Here's the beginning of the controversial. Uh, uh, unless I should be exalted above measure through what? The abundance of the revelations that was given to me, a thorn, a thorn, right? was given to him in the flesh, watch what he also says, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Now, Paul's thorn was given to him, and we're going to deal with that too, it's given to him because of the abundance of the revelation that he received. That's, that's why God had to do what he did, because see, once again, he said he didn't want to get exalted above. So sometimes as God uses uh, us individually or corporately, next thing we know, we, we, we're better than everybody else. I got the best choir, got the best church, got the best pastor. The devil is alive. Amen. We're all a one in God. Amen. And as, as a preacher preaching, if he's preaching the truth, then it, that's no best. Because the word of God says you don't measure yourself among people. That's what the word says. You do not measure yourself among others. That's what the word says. Once we start measuring, we're messing up. Because we're looking at that person, oh, they got it all going on. Uh, do they really? 
Because you really don't know if they got it going on or not. Amen. Because everything that we see on the outside is not necessarily what's going on in the inside. Amen. It can look like sunshine when you come in, but you'll never know. It might be hail. It might be raining. It might be storming in that house. Amen. So, so we got to understand that. Amen. So we got to be very careful not to be exalted because God will put some things on you. It was because of the revelations that God had given him. And I heard something. I was in a place the other day, and there was a conversation going on. And I'm always one that listens, especially when I'm with, around other people or in a group. And I heard this man say that he used to tell God, said, uh, begin to bring up to God about David's life and all the things that David went through. And then he said, God, he heard this voice. The, the, uh, the Spirit spoke to him and told him, well, you're not David. That was David's trial. That was David's adversity. That wasn't yours. Amen. See, he said that when he said the spirit spoke to him and told him, he said, you're not David. You, know, you are who you are, and this is why you're going through what you're going through. Amen. So you don't measure yourself with anyone else. Amen. So the Bible says now, he says now, he says, at least I will be exalted because of the, the revelations that he was given. He said abundance of revelation. That means that was an enormous amount of revelation that he received when he went up to the third heavens. So God said, now listen, I got to keep you humble. Because he knows man. He knows mankind. Mankind is, is very, uh, 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 mankind is in a situation where it's easy for them to, to, to rise up in pride. Amen. And when you boast on them too long, you can, you can, you messing up. Amen. It's good when somebody else talking, talking some negative against you. Amen. Because let me tell you, people boast you and put you up so high, the next thing you know, the moment you, you, you don't come up to their expectations, amen, then what happens is, you know, all of a sudden now, you caught up in pride, and they then put you somewhere you don't have, you have no business of being, and you know you can't hold on to where you are, amen. So you got to make sure that wherever, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. Wherever God is taking you and wherever dimension and level God is taking you to, make sure your character, I hear your Holy Spirit, can keep you after you get there. Amen. Because a lot of times we can go up, but because of our character, we will come tumbling down. Amen. So you just make sure that we, our, our character is intact. So whatever God has to do, if he's got to bring the hardship, if he's got to bring the pain, he's got to bring the adversity, the difficulties, just know that God is walking some things in you and working some things out of us. Amen. We, we got to know that. Amen. Amen. We, we got to understand these things. Now, he says, now, just watch what God does to him in order to keep him humble. In order to keep him humble. Now, now the Bible says this. He says, he sends a, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. That thorn in the flesh came from Satan. It didn't come from God. According to this word, see, this is the most controversial word. I looked at this thing. I said, wait a minute. We keep talking about God doing this and putting us through this. No, God will allow Satan to do some things just like he did Job. Amen. He, he allowed Job to go through some things because, see, Job, Job had a, 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 a mantle to such a degree God wanted to use him mightily and did. But he also knew, and Satan also knew, that I got to go along and I got to mess with Job. Amen. So I, I got to do something to him. Amen. Because if he continues and God continues to have that hedge around him, that's no telling where he will excel to. So the Lord allows Satan to do something, stripped him of his riches, killed his family. His wife talked crazy. 
him. All these things, those things were adversities. But yet he held on, the Bible says, he held on to his integrity. So I hear you, Holy Spirit. Can we hold on to our integrity when we're going through? Can we hold on with our integrity when we are going through? Amen. Because see, Job held on. His wife said, cuss, cuss God and die. You know, in other words, the devil said to you, listen, what, what you going to church for? Look at all the stuff you're going through. Well, why are you still holding on? Why are you still calling on the name of God? Why are you still believing? Why, why are you still hoping? He said, yeah, you might as well back up and walk away from God. The devil is a lie. Amen. Because God is my only hope. Amen. And my faith lies in him. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I want to please God. Amen. So I've got to hold on to my faith. Amen. During the time of my adversity, I can't fall down. I can't walk because God already told me if I do that, he's let me know my strength is small. Oh, God, help me. Help me, Lord. I want to I be everything God has for me to be. Now, he says, now going back to the word, he says now, he, see, he's, he allows Satan to buffle him. To buffle means to beat. One, one adversity after another. What, it's like this. Today this happened. Yesterday that happened. All week long things happened. Then come up the next week things are happening. It's like when is it going to stop? I don't know if anybody ever been there besides me or not. It's like whenever is God, when is this going to stop? Well, when are you going to hold up a little bit? Amen. But there's a reason. Satan's allowed to buffle. He's allowed to beat and bring, help bring those adversities that God would have. Now, um, then goes on to say, he says, at least I should be exalted above measure. See, mankind have a tendency to be lifted up. We've already said that, to be lifted up in pride. Now, let's deal with this thorn, amen, because one thing is not, thorn is not that sin. We want to say, well, it's the, that thorn is the sin. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. That devil is a lie because we, the Bible says in the book of James, God cannot be tempted by evil. So that's another controversial we, we've got to understand. God cannot be tempted by evil. Whatever we do, and we can't call it that thorn because there are some things are choices. Can I get amen on that? There are some things that we, we desire to do in our flesh because we want to do it. Amen. Not because God didn't put some on us but to make us come that way. No, the devil is a lie. No. That, 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 that is a misconcept, a misteaching, a misinstruction that man has given. Amen. Now, let me show you something. Now, keep your places in, in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter number 12. Let's go to the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter number 33. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Numbers chapter number 33. Numbers chapter number 33. Yeah. Dealing with these thorns here. Numbers chapter number 33. Are we there? The book of Numbers, Old Testament, chapter number 33, reading verse number 55. Verse 55 says, But if ye will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which yet let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes, which means your vision, and thorns in your side, and shall vex you in the land wherein you dwell. What happened here, the people of God had been brought to this new land, but they were instructed to drive out the inhabitants of that land. But he lets them know, if 
you do not drive those things out, they will become pricks in your vision. In other words, they will, they will hinder your vision. Then it says there will be thorns in your side. I mean, and then he goes and he says it will be a vexation uh, to you and where you dwell. He was talking about people here. Sometimes people can be an adversity to you. Amen. And even within our own selves, in our own selves, if we don't drive out those inhabitants that lives on the inside of us, that's not God, well, they will be a prick in your vision. In other words, they will hinder you from getting to the place that God has called and ordained for you to be. So it's it pricks in your vision. In other words, pricks in your eyes, pricks in your vision. And then it said there'll be a thorn in your side. That some folk can be a thorn in your side. You got some family members can be a thorn in your side. Amen. 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 You know, you, you just allow things to happen, and you'll see whether or not they can be thorn in your side or not. Amen. I'm a person that's always on time. I believe in time. Well, you know, we had a we had a wonderful family reunion, but the time was way off. Amen. And because I'm a time person, you know that that was a thorn in my flesh. Amen. It was a thorn in my flesh. Amen. Amen. And see, some of you got thorns in your flesh when people just don't do as you would love for them to do or what you're accustomed to. I'm accustomed to the fact that I need to be in work a little bit early because I never know how traffic going to be. I never know if there's going to be an accident. Amen. So I need to always give myself a few minutes. Amen. But when things happen and I get there and I'm late, I mean, or somebody else is late or they're hitting the clock, it's a thorn in my side because everything works together. So we have to be very careful who we allow. Oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. Who we allow in our inner circle. Amen. Because sometimes you can put the wrong folk in your inner circle and they can become a thorn in your flesh. Amen. They can and will become a, a thorn in your flesh. All of a sudden, they want to they tell you as you begin to share your dream or what God has called for you to do or your destiny or, uh, or the place that God has called you to be. And next thing you know, they try to tell you, well, God didn't tell you that. Well, wait a minute. He didn't tell you either. You're just trying to discourage me. Amen. That's another thorn. You have to be careful who people that's in your life that's always trying to discourage you because they see, they see where you're going and they know that they're not going anywhere. They have no desires. They have no visions. You know, they have no purpose in life. It's always, whoa, it is me. No, you cannot have those people in your life. Amen. You know, I love you, but you cannot be in my inner circle. And I took my example from Jesus. He had Peter, James, and John, even though he called 12 disciples. But when he got ready to go to a higher realm, he called for Peter, James, and John. And then when he went to the next highest place, he went by himself. Amen. Because when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, he went by himself. So you better know who is in your inner circle. Amen. You got, you got to know that now because they can be thorns now. They're thorns in your flesh. Amen. Now let's go back now to, to second, uh, Chronicles, 2 Corinthians, excuse me, chapter number 12. We're almost done here. We are, we, we are almost done. Now, watch what happens here when he, he, he recognizes the fact that, that he's having such a hard time and an, an issue going on in his life. Verse number 8 says, for, for this thing I besought the Lord twice, meaning three times, but it, that it might depart from me. Have you ever asked God to remove something from, you, from your life and, and, and it seemed like they're still there? You know, you know, it's not, not necessarily sin. It's not sin. It's some things that's going on in our life that we want God to get it out of our life. 
So he began to ask God. He kept begging God to remove it. He said, let this thing depart from me. Depart means to leave from me. Now, watch what God says in verse number 9 in in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. He says, and he said unto me, if we're careful and if we're still, God will speak. Now, this is what God says. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Listen, you will never experience the power of Christ resting upon you until you're going through something. Until you're going through something. Anybody can shout when everything's going good. But can you still shout and praise God and shout hallelujah when all hell done broke loose in your life? Can you still do it then? See, that's the real test. I mean, I don't care. I mean, if you, if you jump and shout, I'm like, okay, God, sooner or later, sure. they, they, they'll come down. Because when trouble hits, trouble will bring you down. Amen. It will bring you down. It will show you where your faith level is. Oh, I'm blessed and I am highly favored. Are you? Are you really? Yeah, we're blessed. But let the pain come and let's see how blessed we're going to be. Amen. So let's go see how highly favored we're going to be. Amen. And you, you'll find out you're not the only one highly favored. Amen. You, you, you just watch that thing now. Now, he says now, he says, my grace is sufficient for thee. My grace is sufficient for thee. Now, here's this thing now. Now, you know, some people want to say, well, this is the sin God's got me going through in my life. And that's what my thought is. No, no, no. Because the word will tell us what it is. And you have to look real close and you have to study and you have to meditate. Now, let's go to Romans. Romans chapter, keep your place in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. But we're going to go to Romans chapter number 6. Let's go to the book of Romans. Book of Romans. Book of Romans chapter number 6. Amen. New Testament. Romans chapter number 6. Are we there? Now, first thing, now, now it says uh, in verse number 1. Uh, Romans chapter 6, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? That's the question, okay? Then verse 2 says what? 2 gives us an answer. What does it say? God do what? Forbid. How shall we that we are dead to sin live any longer therein? In other words, we can't say, okay, God, I'm going to sin more so grace can abound more. No. The God said, no, God forbid. He said, you got the wrong understanding there. That, that, that's not what God says. Well, the more I sin, the more grace is going to show up in my life. No, you're going to find yourself dead in the hell. That's what's going to happen. Amen. That's where you're going to find yourself. Amen. Because you're playing with God's grace. Amen. You don't play with God's grace. Now, let's d- drop down to verse uh, number 12. Verse number 12 in Romans chapter number 6. Verse 12 says, let not sin, therefore, ring in your what? Mortal body. Ring in your mortal body. That ye should obey it in the lust thereof. See, really, that's lust what's going on. That, that's, that's lust. That, that ain't nothing to do with, you know, uh, uh, God putting something. That, that's that lust. That's what that lust is. Then verse 13 says, Neither yield ye your members as an instrument of unrighteousness unto sin. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as an instrument of righteousness of God. This body was bought, paid for uh, by God and by Jesus Christ himself. 
I mean, he shed his body, uh, shed his blood for this body. So God said, you yield this body to righteousness, not unrighteousness. Now, watch verse number 14. He says, for sin shall not have what? Dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. Sin should not be ruling and reigning in, your, in our lives. Sin should not be dominant. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It should not be dominant in our life. Because the Word of God says now, For sin shall not have dominion over you. Then verse 15 says, What then shall we sin? Because we are not under law, but under grace. What does God say again? God forbid. He says, God forbid. Don't say, I'm going to continue to sin and the grace is going to cover me. No, the word of God says, and listen, he's the writer. He's the author of the book. He's the author of all of our lives. And he knows us from inside out. Amen. He knows us. So he's telling us, do not allow sin to dominate our life because we're no longer under law. We're under grace. And then he says, for God forbid. Verse 16 says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves service to, obey his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. So whoever you, you, you yield your, your members to or you yield your life to, that's who have dominion over you. You can yield your life to God or you can yield your life to Satan. It's, a man, it's everybody's choice. Amen. It's, it's everyone's choice. Now let's go to back to Second. Um, uh, Corinthians, thank you, Holy Spirit. Second Corinthians, chapter number twelve. We're going to wrap this up. Second Corinthians, chapter number twelve. Amen. So we understand about this grace thing. That's why he says, my, "My grace is sufficient for you." That's why he says that. My confirmation this morning did come from man, a woman, but it came through means of a book. My devotional book this morning begins to talk about this very message. It talked about God's uh, grace is sufficient for today. You know, you, you don't go and reach in tomorrow and all of You stay within the day. You, you, his grace is sufficient for the day. So my confirmation came to me this morning by way of reading my devotional. Amen. And I thank and praise God for that because I'm always looking for a confirmation. Even though I know God has spoken it, 